0: Hello, and welcome to the Mind Springs podcast with me, Alastair Appleton. I hope you enjoy what you hear, and if you'd like to find out more about us, then visit mind-springs.org. One of the things that I find that does help is um, these energy psychology techniques. So, energy psychology is a sort of strange hybrid that came out of, in some ways, the Chinese health system, the meridians and the chakras and all these Indian inner energy lines, and sort of Jungian sort of psychotherapy. And in some ways, it's very similar to Vadrasattva. It's a way of kind of clearing out the blockages out of a human being. And it works on a very non-cognitive way, which is why it also seems similar to, to Vadrasattva. And again, it begs the question is, what is left? If you come, for example, to therapy, as some people do, and they say, I have this terrible trauma. I was, you know, I was in this awful car crash when I was a child, and it was, it was horrible, and there was bloodshed, and I was left alone in the hospital, and there was this whole thing. And so we can, you can work with clearing that traumatic pattern, because now she can't drive, and she can't look at a car, and all these things. So it's really affected her life. You do the, clear this traumatic pattern out of her system, but then the question is, what what's there? What is it when we remove something, when we purify something? What is left? From the Buddhist point of view, like then you know your awakened state is left, but in a psychotherapy point of view, it's a very interesting question. If you can, if somebody came and they were able to let go of all their traumas, what is what is left? And so these are the kind of questions that I'm I'm pondering as I do this Buddhist practice, but also as I explore um, in my therapy practice. What's the most we can hope from a human life? The Buddhists obviously have a very, very high bar. But I think there's something quite um, significant, significant about the idea that there are some things that we can let go of. People are very attached to their suffering. I'd just like to say that as well. You know, I'm attached to a lot of my beliefs about myself. Uh, and, you know, certainly in, in the therapy room, some people just don't want to get well. There's quite a lot invested in, in staying unwell or unhappy. And some people are frightened of being, you know, their full potential. Marion Williams says that. It's not it's not our pain that frightens us, it's our full glory that frightens us, our full power. So I'm not going to tie this up in a big bow by saying Pudum, this is what it's all about. But it, 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 I think it's a very interesting um, area in, in you know, there's lots of meditation practitioners and teachers here about how, what are the boundaries when we, when we teach meditation? What, what are we asking people to actually do? And, and when people let go of stuff, what is left? So this, that's pretty much all I have to say. But I, it's such a lovely, intimate group, and I know that some of you are therapists and some of you are teachers, so it would be really nice to just open it up a bit and, and see um, if there's anything there that is, uh, is useful or whether you, uh, too, have had some thoughts about this um, or had some experience of this, either the Buddhist or the therapeutic uh, experience of clearing, purifying. I think that delight and surprise is the the thing that also characterised my my journey with it. And the thing, you know, know, I I don't teach CBT, uh, I've trained in it, but I find one of the things about uh, CBT is that it's a lot of work. You have to constantly be thinking about your thinking. You're having to constantly, you know, that that commentator part of you has to be really on its toes to kind of, like, oh, that's a negative thought pattern. And, And I know from, you know, talking to some of my colleagues that many, many people just don't, can't be bothered they don 't do their homework yeah 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 but what but what, but what I mean is that um, that involves quite a lot of thinking, obviously it 's in the cognitive part you know you 're thinking a lot about your behavior, and then you, there's a sort of, it's kind of you have to really remember to think about your behavior. What I love about these tantric practices is they seem to happen on a level below even the body on an energetic level that Sort of doesn't really matter what you think or what you kind of do. In in some sense, It's the fundamental framework has, has shifted, and it's it's a bit magic. And I think that's the other thing is that c- the cognitive behavioral therapy model, which is you know very popular, you know, it requires a lot of agency on you. You know, the I has to be quite strong. Um, and and you know, going back to what we were saying about the egg at the beginning. What what's interesting about the Vajrasattva well, in that that model, indeed the energy psychology as well, is that um the I basically is irrelevant. That the clearing is happening by uh, on something much greater than the, the body or the the, the, um, the limited sense of I. So the the thinking, you know, when I do when I teach the, the energy psychology practices to people I say it really doesn't matter what you think, you can be thinking the same old you know, negative thoughts that you've always thought. This is working on a level below your thoughts. So you'll feel, a ch- if, you, if you relax into it, you'll feel a change, and they do. It's amazing. I was thinking he was saying that, the, you know, in some ways the motor of all our fear and longing, indeed, is the sense of having an I. You know, yeah. I am afraid of mm-hmm. cats. Or I love ice cream. Yeah. That, you know, if you... If you If Vajrasattva does weaken, or Cenrezi does weaken the kind of the roots of that I, then all those things that the I fears or wants or ignores also just become just more present They're just a cat or just ice cream. And the whole storyline disappears. I love Pema Chodron's always talking about it. Only thing you really need to cut through is the storyline. It's a kind of very simple way, I think, of thinking about karma, stories we tell ourselves about things. I wonder also if like the clinging, the clinging still happens, but you can kind of, I was I was thinking about the sense of love, particularly, you know, you have this sense of, when you, when, yeah. you were, when you were a teenager, you had this sense of love. Or when you were a kid, you had a sense of love. and then Teenager, and then a young adult, you had a different one. And then as you, you know, maybe had kids, you had another sense of love. And so your sense of love, and, and, and there's this, in the back of certainly my mind is this sense, well, you know, at some point I'm gonna to get to a point where it's like, okay, that's love. But actually, maybe that's the whole problem. Maybe there is never a point, but maybe it's always because none of it is is all empty. There is no kind of like point where you're just like, oh, now I I got the keys to the kingdom. Actually, the, the relaxation is like everything is relative. I'm never going to really know the full part. I'm going to know this bit now and then that bit then and I knew that bit there. This is what I meant about the kind of the joy of the relative, you know that's it. Of Absolutely. course his body is relative as we know, yes. his body was relative. And the extraordinary ordering Yeah, Yeah. Yes. It's like the ice cream, it's like, you know, no there's no it's just a ball of ice. There's no neurosis, no balls, it's just but mm. we don't kinda want to believe that because it's so simple. Yeah. It's like, oh no, no, possibly <laughs> <be that." laughs> Yeah, but this I, I remember sitting once uh, like I was out in the country you've got it in pain. Yeah. I remember I was out meditating in the like I was away filming and it was a beautiful summer's morning and I went and sat in the. It was a water meadow and there was a tree and it was just like it was like ah oh, it's really beautiful and I was just I was sitting there and I was thinking about what I had to do and I was thinking but what, what if this is paradise now what if this moment actually if, I mean what is heaven going to be. Is it gonna be like you know, fluffy clouds and angels? No, it's gonna be like a beautiful English summer's day with like birds. It's all gonna be moving. And, and I was like, well, what is the thing that is stopping, me, stopping this being heaven? And it's just my thoughts. It's just my kind of belief. I think that's the, you know, what, what is stopping this present moment being paradise is quite a good, it's something that you're doing, it's something I'm doing. There's wonderful footage of Lama Yeshe, uh, Tubten Yeshe. Um, he's giving a talk. He's, he's got an extraordinary face, and there's a box of obviously chocolates next to him. And he's, like, he's meditating, 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 and then he goes, he opens his eyes, does this funny thing with his face, and he goes. Mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
0: or just one more <laughs> and it's just so delightful because you're like oh you're not mean. one is chocolate you know Lama's not meant to like chocolate and certainly not meant to have three in a row and it's just like so just the joy of like doing something so simple and I think it's the same like if you could really be with your memories and connect with people and just enjoy it you know the whole thing of Tantra is enjoyment is joy joy in life so you know, I, I don't think it's a problem. I don't think it needs to be purged. It's not about purging stuff. Um, it's about um, clearing the, the kind of sticky, heavy framework we put around a, a phenomena. Thank you for listening And please do join us again for more podcasts from Mindsprings. You can find out more about us and our work at mind-springs.org. That's mind-springs.org.